and welcome back to Backing Paper, episode 26. Um, it's me here, Graham, and I have back with me my delightful co-host, Rachel. Rachel, we missed you last week. Welcome back. <laughs> oh, it's so nice to be back, Graham. Yeah, it was lovely. I, I was, you were, you guessed correctly. I was in Poland. Well done, in Wrocław, um, to be exact. And I did have a lovely time. It was, it was quite tiring because obviously I was there with work and it was some long days and things but it was lovely to be back there again and um, uh, my my Polish colleagues were fantastic and uh, I did I did get a chance to go on a riverboat uh, in the freezing cold <laughs> and uh, and then went to a lovely awesome like tea shop afterwards which warmed me right up it was like walking into an Agatha Christie novel it was absolutely fab um, so I thoroughly enjoyed that. Had some lovely lemon meringue cake too. <laughs> oh, I love lemon yeah. meringue cake. Yeah, right. Lemon meringue cake and some lapsang souchong. So I'm guessing because you were working, you probably didn't get much chance yes. to get out and take pictures last week. Unfortunately, I did not. Um, so yeah, it was a real shame. I actually sent Ian Barnaby Nutt a quick message and, and said, ah, I know that you come over here very often is there a an analog photography shop that you could recommend you know if i happen to get a, a little time you know on a break or on lunch or something i can i can nip along to um and he he did send me over a recommendation and then i found another one as well so i think there's at least two here uh, here in 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 poland in in WhatsApp. um but uh unfortunately no i didn't have any time to go and do that so um i have them written down in my notes and i will definitely um in- endeavor to go next time i'm back over there is it somewhere yeah. you'd like to go and visit again on a oh, non-working basis yeah definitely it was lovely it's a lovely um city lovely place like i say i, I haven't seen any other parts of poland i don't think um but yeah that was absolutely lovely and people were fabulous and so so welcoming and awesome so i would thoroughly recommend it the they have some fabulous architecture and as you know that's like a a, a soft spot for me i i love my architecture and my nature and things and yeah um there's some fabulous stuff to uh, to take photos of i just didn't have the chance unfortunately so we would definitely go back again <laughs> Well, I'm glad it was a good week, Rach, but I'm glad yeah. to have you back. Lovely though yes. it was to have Matthew with us last week. I, I, I was chuckling uh, along listening to listening to you two having your fantastic backing paper number 25. I missed backing paper 25 and um, the main show 150. Can't I believe it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> bad timing. I in mean, that, in that week. Ugh. Anyway, so yeah, it was he did a good he did a good job <laughs> of of helping assist with that. So well done. Um, and it, yeah, it made me laugh a lot. So uh, I was listening to that whilst I was over there. Oh. How has your week been? <clears throat> it's been good, thank you, Rach. Yeah, it's been good. Just trundling on. The weather's been up and down like a yo-yo, but um, you know, <laughs> it's springtime in Britain. What can one expect? Um, okay. I do just want to extend. I know we've mentioned last week to listeners um, that they should visit the Sunny Sixteen podcast website to see all the great Photoshop work that Matthew does for each show. <laughs> yeah. I would like to say, don't do that this week. It's it's not not a good week. Don't do that it's this week. It's not a good week. <laughs> <laughs> you will, you, you will, unless you want to see top topless podcasters, and you know it's not the ones that anybody would ever want to see topless. So do not go to. Um, <laughs> Uh, I hadn't even realised until you're really my digging yourself a hole here, Grim. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> you're really digging yourself a hole here. <laughs> I, know. I didn't even know about it until Shanae told me. So I'm like, what do you mean? Oh no. Anyway, he did we'll pick leave your point. best side, I guess. <laughs> hey, listen, I'm all best side. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have got a fantastic selection of emails this week. So should we start digging into these, Rach? Yes, absolutely. Let's do it. <laughs> that was a long pause there. I was waiting for you to go, nah, no, I think we'll skip them this week. <laughs> we'll leave it this week. No, sorry. I was just having a little drink of water. Um, it's a bit dry. Um, do you want to start or shall I start? Uh, I'll start off because this first okay. one is actually, we, we previously mentioned this because it's the first entry for this round of the Cheap Shots Challenge that we received. And it is from the guest of the Sunny 16 podcast last week, Graham Young. So we did talk about this briefly, yeah. um, but I thought, well, we may as well actually read this email out. Um, so Graham writes in, I believe this round is people, quite a wide topic. Mm-hmm. For my entry, I decided to take my trusty scammer, those two words <laughs> do not go together, the Ninoka to the streets of St. <laughs> Augustine, Florida, USA, 
Being as the city bills itself as the oldest continuously inhabited city in North America and therefore chock full of tourists, I figured this would be the place to take pictures of people at their best on vacation. Because the scammer boasts neither shutter speed control nor focus assist, um, or focused selection rather, I chose to load it with expired Ultrafine Extreme 400, which I later developed in Extol. The forgiving nature of the film helped cover up for the uncertain photographic properties of the camera. Since the vast majority of my photography is of the human world without humans in it, empty streets, parking lots, garbage cans and the like. <laughs> Sounds lovely. Very pretty. This was going to be a challenge. I contemplated many approaches, including taking pictures of a dog, any dog, and claiming it was Marshall Dalmatian, <laughs> hoping to trick you into believing the photo had been taken by Matt Murray. <laughs> I gave up on that gambit in the fear that your judge might extend the status of person to my faux Aussie pooch. In the end, I was lucky enough to have taken this shot, which I'm sure you will see gets at the heart of the decisive moment that makes street photography the powerful medium it is. I declare myself to be the winner, no matter what the judge decides <laughs> in the end. That's the way to do it. Yeah. Um, thank you very good, much, Graham. Graham. Um, so, yes, the first entry. And, I mean, you know, the camera has taken the picture. So uh, just with yeah. regards to the quality of the, uh, like the... Um, not the content of the image, but the basic quality of the image. It it is visible. Um, yeah. And it's, it's visible. We've got shadow. We've got light. You can see shapes of people. You can see, yeah. you know, actual features on faces and things. I think, to be honest, I was expecting, with it being a scammer, camera um i.e one that isn't a real cam real camera um i was not expecting to see that, um any level of detail so anything's a win i guess yeah. as as graham has said <laughs> yes <laughs> exactly it is it has behaved functionally as a camera which is more than my camera ever did um <laughs> and i quite like this picture i mean as he said it is it's a picture of this um kind of uh precinct this pedestrian precinct where people are wandering around milling between shops there seems to be lots of eating going on so i'm guessing maybe it's a food court area mm. and um yeah people in their shorts and bags looking very relaxed I, I like the guy um just to the right looking very casual um yeah with his tupperware box with his tupperware box exactly yes it's uh it's good it looks like a very nice i mean you know it's difficult to tell from this black and white picture taken on this camera but it looks like it was a nice sunny day based on what everyone's wearing and stuff like that think, oh yeah probably quite a nice place to hang out on that day that's what you want to see isn't it yeah definitely ah well done graham um, yeah. i'm sorry that we didn't get a chance to chat last week but you did a great a great job um on the show so uh that was that was good it really was good. lovely having him on mm. um and yeah listeners let's I, come on, I want to start seeing these pictures of people yeah, i want to see more of them i can't believe we have not had more in yet people's people um uh yeah next well, one from paul friday rach yeah sure so paul writes in dear lampies get it um <laughs> 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 uh, just a thought after hearing graham's adventures trying to shoot cyanotype in a camera they have been wondrous these adventures haven't they graham well they've been a wonder <laughs> <laughs> Um, he says, what wavelength of UV lamp are you using? UVA will penetrate glass, but is more harmful to skin. If you're using a UVB tanning bulb, it is likely to be blocked by the glass in the lens. Quick test, try a plastic lens, i.e. a magnifying glass, which I think you mentioned actually last week, um, Graham, on the show. Um, you were talking about the, the most recent sort of test run or experiment that you'd done and that somebody had mentioned perhaps using a magnifying glass. And I also thought, have you had a go with using um, your own glasses glass mm. as well? Because I have used that uh, from sort of uh, cheap reading glasses that you can get, you know, in sort of the, the cheaper shops like pound shop type thing um, to help focus um, a sharper image using that for a camera obscura. Ah, no, I so that, heard that might be a possibility. I mean, obviously, a magnifying glass would generally generally be bigger than the glass that you'd get in a set of reading glasses, of course. Uh, but yeah, I mean, either of those perhaps are worth a, worth a shot. Yeah, I mean, with regards to whether it's UVA or UVB, we were we were talking about this before, weren't we, Rach? And I mm. think I think it's almost certainly UVB um, because the bulbs in those lamps are. 
um, you know, they're, they're meant to be used, you know, just as daylight bulbs for people. So I don't mm. think they're the kind that um, are more dangerous to skin. I think the UVA bulbs are perhaps the ones you're more likely to see in closed systems, things like pond filters, etc. Um, so it's not one of those. I did I did briefly look at those and then saw the way that the guy was demonstrating. It was like, oh, no, they look actually like I might blind myself. So maybe <laughs> not that. Um, and I did chat to Graham Young about this. Um Mm-hmm. and see what ideas he i asked him about magnifying glasses because i thought well if anybody's going to have tried these he probably will mm-hmm. and he said he's had great difficulty in ever getting a focus on a magnifying glass um obviously mm-hmm. they're very variable um i had a look online you can buy uh lenses in this country because graham was talking about or maybe it wasn't on there i can't remember I, I forget what we talked about on there and off air but we talked about buying lenses buying simple lenses and you can buy simple meniscus lenses quite mm-hmm. cheaply actually um, and you can also buy um, meniscus lenses with a high UV pass-through, um, but they're, they're mm. not cheap. They're like 70-something mm. pounds, and Ooh, I'm not quite yeah. sure yet whether I'm ready to go that far down there. Mm. So I'm still do looking you... at different, you know. Yeah, I was just thinking, do you know what I've just realised? I've got um, <laughs> I've got a kind of half half magic lantern, half enlarger thing, like the giant thing that I accidentally won in an auction <laughs> as you do mm-hmm. um this is part of my oh i should i should have a go i've never put a bid on anything before i should i should try it and see and then I accidentally <laughs> won this no. enormous thing um and uh, at the time i had a ka uh, car um a very very small uh, ford car and <laughs> I couldn't fit it in the back. <laughs> I couldn't actually fit it in the boot. Um, but it was that big. So uh, that was interesting. But I did eventually manage to get it home via a friend with a slightly bigger car boot. And um, it, in, in the middle of it, there's a giant, giant piece of glass, which is like a, a, a huge magnifying glass. So maybe that's something we could try. We could try yeah. have a go with that maybe. So next time you're up in Liverpool and because you're due a visit um we can we could give it a go let's give it a whirl yeah no that sounds good the other thing i might try is i was mucking around i had a thought how about a a um a lighthouse bulb (laughs) 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 right because they have the magnifying and the reflecting and all of that and yeah maybe i don't know that'd be big i mean that would be big that would be big I did try. I was I was mucking around with um, a couple of lenses. I've got an old. I don't know what kind of lens it is, um, but it's an old brass lens from. Uh, I'm guessing a large, you know, a, a plate camera or something of the past. It. Um, did you come with Ronald. No, it didn't. I think uh, somebody from my camera club gave it to me. So you like um, yeah. old stuff that nobody else can find a use for. <laughs> Here you go. Um, I, I, I need to find some way of fitting that to the thing. So I was mucking around with that last night. What I did find whilst mucking around with this, because the lens that I have on Ronald, which is a, I think it's a Schneider um, 180mm lens. But um, I found if I take off the front element and just use a back element, you can actually still get a reasonably sharp image with that reason but also mm. you can get much much closer closer yeah get, so yeah. you know i think there's other elements to try out yet um mm. we were talking before that uh i've been spending quite a lot of time perusing the wet plate supplies uk and mm-hmm. also reading uh lots of stuff by um mike ware amongst others about cyanotypes and um i want to give a go to making a new cyanotype formula which is a bit more dicey um, a bit more toxic than your good old fashioned ordinary cyan type mm-hmm. formula mm-hmm. but it's apparently quite a lot quicker so um that might be the next thing on the list to go but um yeah not given up on but that but you have assure- assured me that you will be dealing with that sensibly haven't you graham i've got in terms of health and safety and everything oh my God. Eric, so, fantastic yeah i'm so proud of you <laughs> and you won't be doing it in your kitchen uh, no, I won't. No, Good. not not unless I can get away with it. Um, okay, this next one, a quick one from Dean Lastoria. Uh, Dear Sunbeams, I heard there weren't enough sun drops filling the rain barrel for backing paper, so I thought I'd share some of my expert advice. I love expert Excellent. advice. Excellent. Yeah. <clears throat> one. If the lid falls off the Patterson tank when draining out the last of the developer, put it back on and keep going, because the negatives might still turn out. Film is tougher than you think. Um, That's a good point. Uh, Note, 
maybe check the Patterson tank lid is secure or watch you don't unscrew it while agitating. <laughs> and two, if you are staring at the sheet of film in the fixer for over four minutes wondering why the base won't clear, then look under, look over and wonder why the hypo clearing liquid beaker is empty and the <laughs> fixer beaker is full. What? Hypo clearing my fixer tray? Put the fixer in the tray and go ahead anyhow. Film is tougher than you think. That's all I've got until I make some more stupid mistakes. Until the next disaster. Thanks for your Yay. podcast. Yay. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think learning by mistake is basically what's got me where I am today. Yeah, I, I think that's what we are in essence, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, I have had both of those things happen um, during workshops that I've run, um, where the uh, when I was like, okay, so we're just going to uh, prise the the lid off so you can put the next chemical in, and then saw them go, okay, and took the whole top off. I was like, no, no, let's put that back on again. And it all turned out fine. You're right, Dean. Film is tougher than you think. I mean, you don't want to be doing that a lot. But yeah, you can get away with quite a lot um, with with your normal, um, especially your normal like black and white negative um, film. Uh, You've got a lot to sort of play with there, really. So uh, well done. Uh, We've all been there. (laughs) Yeah, I think this week, some of my favourite cock-ups, which I'm waiting to see the results of, are both (laughs) all around large format. I was loading up a load of uh, dark slides, dark, double dark. What, right? What do you call those? I've been calling them film holders, but then I see everyone else calls them double dark slides. So, what's the correct term, Rach? Uh, I call them full, film holders. Okay. Well, anyway, people know what you mean. Four, five by four, four by five. Things that things yeah, what film goes you, in. Your dark slides would be well. Yeah, I guess it depends because if you if you look at like your Hasselblad or what have you, your dark slide is the silver part that you pull, pull out. out. You, yeah. You, yeah, obviously. And you do the same with your film holders, if you like, um, in that you would pull out the dark slide in order to then be able to expose the paper. But in terms of the whole thing, I call it film holder because it holds the two sheets of film or paper in it. Yeah. And obviously then you can pull up one of the slides, the dark slides, in order to expose it in the yeah. same way. So yeah. Well, one of the things I did this week was I, I went and pulled up the the wrong one. I grabbed instead of grabbing the one facing the lens, I grabbed the one face. It's like, oh crap! I realised <laughs> so I probably messed up that sheet. Also, when I was loading them up, um, I can't remember why, but I think I got them loaded up, and then I kind of cracked the door open to my um, dark shed uh, to let a bit of light in, and because I've just seen what I was doing, and I went, oh, I haven't closed up the bag of film properly. Whoops. <laughs> So I may have trashed the rest of that bag of film. So again, mm. we'll find out next time I go to use that. It's always a fun adventure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I said, learning by mistakes. It's all good. It's all. Good. It's all part of it. It's all part of the fun. Yes, indeed. Do you want to take this next one from Tim Massey, Rach? Sure. Uh, Tim writes in to say, "Hey, sunspots, these <laughs> are getting better." Um, I was listening to episode one four nine, which is traveling light. That was with Eric, wasn't it? It was indeed. Um. I was listening to episode 149 this morning and I thought I'd throw in something I read when I was first learning about photography that stuck in my mind. I know we are photographers and are generally attracted to whatever catches our eye, but I read a short book by a National Geographic photographer which gave one piece of advice that I loved. He recommended using all our senses when we are looking for something to photograph. Smell something delicious? Perhaps there is a great street vendor to photograph. Hear music playing? Maybe there is a street musician or festival. Feel the ground vibrating? Maybe there is a cool train rolling by. This tip has served me well during my travels. I have run into all sorts of things I wouldn't have seen otherwise. That's all. Cheers from Tim, who is on Instagram at ctwphoto. Thank you so much, Tim. That's a great tip. And even thought about that before um perhaps it's something subconsciously that we do but um yeah it's a good reminder because uh you you can be so um focused on what you're looking at through the viewfinder that you're not necessarily thinking about what else might be happening you know um behind you or down another street or something so i think that's a really nice tip that yeah i think it's a good uh, as somebody who has a habit of being plugged into headphones uh, all of the time at work certainly and, and quite a lot of the time I'm, I tend to have headphones in a lot mm. I do when I'm out taking pictures I do try to avoid doing that because mm-hmm. as you said Rach and as, as Tim has said um, you don't want to close off any of your senses you just never know what you might hear 
the go to oh is there something going on down there or um yeah uh it's it's a really good point uh we have many senses uh was it six seven <laughs> i can't remember we have many i think i have I think eight I've got eight <laughs> yeah because certainly 16 podcast hosts have eight senses um obviously all the uh the five that everybody else has the sixth sense we can see dead people um the seventh sense which is a great sense of humor and the eighth sense which is the secret sense which we can't tell you about um but uh, if you ever become a Sunny 16 podcast host then you will get blessed with that sense <laughs> um so yeah use all of those senses <laughs> to take photography take photography yeah how Good dear one. Yeah, well <laughs> Moving on. Is that is that your eighth sense? <laughs> yeah, the, the sense of uh, inability to speak properly. Um, we have got a lovely email here from Alistair Dougal, uh, who writes in, Hi to the sun-drenched Sunny Sixtina. It was great to hear from Christian around his experiments with Fomadon LQN developer and his experiments with Caffanon. I have used Fomadon LDN developer and have found that it is an excellent developer. Beyond the observations made by Christian about how it works with Fomapan films, I have also used it with Ilford HP5 and FP4 and got excellent acutance with good grain control. So it is magic juice and been far <laughs> cheaper than other competitors offering. It is something to consider while buying your next film developer. Um, I actually have been looking this week to mm. try and buy some Fomadon quite difficult oh, nice. in this country it? yeah ah. i found a couple of places that had some for sale one of which had a website that was impossible to navigate on the phone um so that oh. was frustrating and the other one the they had some but it was out of date by a couple of years <laughs> so, like, ah, that's not... mm-hmm. so i will keep looking because it is cheap it's i think it was about three pounds for 250 milliliters um oh, gosh. so so maybe it's more america I, I'm not sure. No, I think Europe. No. Um, European. I'm, I'm okay. going to. I did have a look on the website Photo Impex, which I think is in Germany, but I might be completely wrong. But anyway, it's in yes. um, broader Europe. And to be honest, given the fact that getting anything shipped in this country isn't that cheap, it's not mm. much more expensive to get it shipped from the continent. So um, I might give that a go because all the large format stuff that I'm shooting at the moment is on this Foma pan. Um, mm-hmm. So it'd be mm-hmm. good to find a good solution for that. Anyway, continuing, as to making up developer recipes, I'm not convinced that there is much mileage in chutney developer or beer developer, bar the odd experimental role. The recipes work and a great way to explore film, but just don't rely on it when shooting weddings. Those who are interested, check out caffinol.com website. Sadly, the site has not been updated, but it's not a bad place to start. Mm-hmm. Given my sentiments, but agreeing we need to explore the options, I am now making up some of the two bath developer formulas. These are also called divided developers. The Mm. advantage of two bath developer approach is it allows for control on contrast and grain to suit the way the film was exposed. Those who are interested in two bath or divided developers, there is a great number of recipes on the web and in books such as the Darkroom Cookbook or Edge of Darkness by Barry Thornton. What a, so what a great name for a book. Um, I saw, actually this week, uh, I don't know any more about it than just the post that I saw, um, but John Whitmore, who we spoke to briefly at the oh, photography yes. show, yeah. who is um, at The Dark Shed. He's the Dark Shed, yes. Um, yeah. And I think his website is thedarkshed.com. And, but he was doing experiments this week with some homemade developers. I wonder whether that was along a similar line to that. Um, Possibly. Yeah, it's He's, interesting um, stuff. He's taking part in the uh, Warwickshire Open Studios at the moment, I think. I think it's at the moment, or it may be soon anyway, um, where it, various artists and, and what have you from around Warwickshire, unsurprisingly, uh, open up their, their studios and, and deliver various events and things like that. So I'd say definitely check that out too um, and get in, get in touch. John's a lovely chap, really nice. Um, that sounds awesome. Sounds good. Um, Just to finish off from Asda, in regards to darkroom printing, here is one tip for those with non-heated darkrooms. As we are moving into winter down here in the Antipodes, my dark garage is getting a wee bit cold. So Mm. when considering how to heat the chemicals to a reasonable temperature, I remembered that I had a similar problem last winter with our Siamese fighting fish. Of course. We solved the problem with aquarium heating mats, and I found a heating mat that had a temperature control. 
they work a treat and I use a timer to put them on a few hours before I plan to do some printing. So if anybody else has been struggling with cold chemicals, this maybe this will be a good solution. Uh, Alistair Dougal for the talented Rachel <laughs> and Dougal to the rest of the world. Uh, thank you very much for all of those tips there. Uh, aquarium heating mats, that sounds like a good idea, although, mm. as you're saying, a slow, a slow pan. Yes. Um, Do you know, the very first t um, time that I sat down and um, decided that little vintage photography was the way that I was going to go and that I was going to set up this business and, and what have you, um, I was going to the uh, Lake District and I decided that I would need some way of obviously, yes, heating up the chemicals and things. So I went and bought an aquarium heater and used that uh, in buckets of water because there was no hot water. There was no real running water. There was no heating. Mm. Um, you know, it was very rustic, basic and what have you. And, and it did a good job. And I figured, you know, if we can make photos there, you can make photos pretty much anywhere, can't you? So I think that was... Um, it's a good tip. It's a good place to to start with that kind of thing. And uh, and as he says, if you've got a bit of temperature control, then uh, it can it can work well as long as you've got a little bit of patience, which I know is not your forte, Graham. But really. you know, um, if you've got a little bit of time and you are in that situation, then that seems like a good a good plan to me. Would I be right in saying, Rach, that with these aquarium heaters, um, whether it's the mats or the ones that go in the tanks, mm. they are better suited to getting black and white and printing chemicals up to temperature rather than colour chemicals? Because I don't think they have the output to get hot enough for um, colour chemicals, have they? No. No, I don't <laughs> Unless think so. Unless you want to boil your right. fish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. floating up to the top. It's, it's it's a slightly warmer, tepid kind of temperature is yeah. like your maximum with that, really. Uh, I haven't used the mats. I don't know if maybe they have a slightly different tolerance or what have you, uh, perhaps to the uh, – it's kind of like a, a heated rod that you put into yeah. into the water um, was what I was using. Um, but obviously, again, it depends on the volumes of water that you're using um, as well, uh, and it can take some time to, to get heated up. Um, but, yeah, so for black and white, definitely works no you know um not particularly quickly but it definitely worked but for color i think you're looking at a different solution maybe <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well as as you know i was looking this week um mm. because i've got uh i've been told and i'm risking my <laughs> neck here putting this information out here but i have been told by mr Mackay, who we will talk about later that he is going to be getting some uh, his delivery of um stock from the fpp in this week including some color developer so i missed it last time so i'm going to be on there tomorrow trying to order some color developer from them um, yeah. because i've got a few films to do already and i've been waiting not patiently, but I've been waiting frustratedly for him to get it in because he's bad at keeping stuff in stock. Um, shame on you, Paul. Um, <laughs> and so I, I was looking at sous vide's um, because you know, mm -hmm. it would be mm -hmm. nice to make that process easier. And I was looking on Amazon because that's the easiest place to see a wide selection of cheap stuff. And I've kind of come to the conclusion that I might be better off buying the Cine Still temperature control system um because it's actually not that much more expensive than a cheap sous vide and is hopefully going to do a yeah, better job and be more job built. yeah exactly yeah. um so i think that may well be the route i'll go down um and i will uh pursue that soon hopefully because like i've got quite a few rods color film to do and um it'll be mm. nice to get those done yeah uh, okay Ah, let's see. Um, do you want to take this next one from Neil Piper Rage? No problem. Neil uh, writes in to say, Hi, Graham, and insert correct Sunny 16 host, hosts, and or guest host here. Uh, it's me this week. Um, he says, Thanks again for a great show, both main Sunny 16 and toilet, sorry, backing paper each week. It gets me through my commute and entertains me in the dark room. We are most pleased to hear that, Neil. Um, he says, I was hoping that you may be good enough to make a small announcement to the listeners about an exhibition of photographs I have coming up at the end of May. I'm showing a selection of pinhole images in a collection I've called It Makes No Sound, taken from my personal projects, Eyes and Pool of the Britons, in a small gallery in Halesworth, Suffolk, between Saturday the 25th of May and Wednesday the 12th of June. I would love for any listeners who are close enough to come and have a look and have a chat. Full details of the gallery and the show can be found on my website, which is uh, neilpiper.com. 
Thanks very much. Thanks ever so much, Neil. That sounds great. And uh, yeah, lovely. Always, always lovely to um, to see uh, your work anyway. So uh, it'll be a real treat for anybody who's around that area and is able to get along, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I've been hearing Neil talking about um, this exhibition on his own podcast. Podcast? Podcast. 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 Yeah, and actually I've seen a few pictures um, that he's been putting together. It looks really nice. Uh, it's some really stunning pinhole work that Neil's been doing both as part of his degree and for this exhibition. Um, so if you are in the area, definitely worth checking out. Uh, it's running from the 25th of May to the 12th of June. Um mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, unfortunately, it's a long, long way from here. So I, neither you nor I will be getting to see it. I don't think, Rach. But um, unfortunately, no, I don't think. But yeah, definitely worth going to see if you are nearby. Uh, Neil's pinhole work is great. I don't know. Yeah. If, I don't know if he's doing because um, I know he's been doing a lot of printing lately on cyanotype, bringing it back mm. around to that. Mm. Um, so he makes his pinhole images, then makes digital negatives from them and then prints them out um, onto cyanotype paper. So I don't know if he's going to be doing that or whether that's just as part of his um, final thing for his degree. Um, but either way, going to be well mm. worth seeing. Absolutely. Speaking of Paul Mackay, as we were earlier, um, now this is a very important week, mostly because it's my birthday tomorrow or today as Yay. you listen to this. Uh, but- oh, yes. Uh, but um, it's also, at the end of the week, the first birthday for Analog Wonderland. Has it only been a year? It feels like so much longer. Uh, it, no, in a good way. In, in a, a good very way. good way, absolutely. Um, so Paul has got in touch to let us know that, as you would expect, they are doing all sorts of fun birthday things this week. Uh, he writes in, Hey Sunbeamers, you might have spotted on social media that we've started some preparatory birthday celebrations. Uh, Graham, you're probably doing a similar thing right now. That's right, <laughs> I am. Um, I've, I've got... <laughs> I've got a present I'm very much looking forward to opening from Rachel, so I uh, well, uh, can't wait to see what's in there. I haven't opened it yet. I'm a good boy. Um, it would be amazing if you could help make some noise about our birthday, if at all possible. Woo, Especially... noise! Woo! <laughs> Thank you, Rach. Great sound effects. <laughs> Especially as you folk were so instrumental as getting us off on the right foot a year ago. This past 12 months have been amazing. The community and the people I've met have made it even more fun than I thought possible. And I really want to celebrate that with everyone. Okay, soppy bit over. I mean, that was a very (laughs) short soppy bit. Now he's back on to the uh, brutal commercial marketing thing. So... Um, Here's what's going on. Uh, There's going to be various things happening throughout the week, which we can't talk about because otherwise we'll be spoiling some of them. But here's what we know so far. So the first thing is they are running a competition to win a year's supply of film. So Mm -hmm. that's 52 rolls of film. Uh, And I think to stand the chance of winning... Um, go, go to the website but I think basically you just need to make an order on their website this week um, but there might be slightly more to that I haven't read all the ins and outs but go to Analog Wonderland if you are planning and making an order anytime soon like I am to order my colour chemicals oh my god Rach maybe I'll win the year supply of film if I do do you think <gasps> Paul will make me give it what the would you back? do with 52 rolls of film oh my god can you imagine <laughs> how long it would take you to get through that I don't know what you mean. I'm burning, th- I'm burning through film. <laughs> if it was large format, you'd, you'd be through it. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I shot, shot quite a lot of large format this week, I'll tell you that in a minute. But, um, um, so that is going on at the moment. So if you want to stand the chance of winning 52 rolls of film, I don't know if they're going to send out one at a time. Probably not. You probably get all the whole lot in one go. Um, it, so it says on Sunday, it says we're launching Lomography Berlin 35mm. Actually, this might happen in time for backing paper too. We don't care if it has happened in time or not. We're announcing it. It's happened. Um, So they have got more announcements coming throughout the rest of the week. Um, So keep an eye on that. So it's Saturday is the actual next Saturday is the actual birthday of the website. Um, So, you know, I'm not saying you should hold off on your orders till Saturday at all. But, you know, there's going to be stuff going on all through the week. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, he's got uh, some uh, colour cuts coming on Monday. So don't nobody order those until I've ordered mine. I'll make everybody, I'll make everybody aware <laughs> when I've got my uh, colour kit ordered. Um, so that's great. Uh, you know, Analog Wonderland have been uh, lovely people to have joined the scene. And um, 
it's nice that they've got through their first year uh, safely. Paul and Mary, wonderful people, mm-hmm. uh, especially Mary, less so Paul. Um, <laughs> But he's oh, they're right. both they're both they're both lovely, and uh, it was really nice to actually get to meet them both in person at the photography show. Um, and uh, they've been such a really awesome part of the community. So um, we're very happy to um, announce their their birthday um, celebratory celebratory uh, activities and things that are going on. That's that's very cool. And uh, yeah, well yeah. done, Paul. Well yeah. done, guys. Yeah, absolutely. So keep an eye on their Twitter and Instagram feeds this week. As I said, there's a lot more stuff to come from them. Um, they've got new stuff coming this week. So um, it's just a good time to watch them, see what's happening, and just join in with their general celebrations of, of being around for a year. Um, and I'm sure we'll have Paul on again before too long because it's just... it's it's He's constantly begging me, please, can I come on the show? Every week. I mean, if we let him, he'd be on the show every week. He's just desperate to. But we say, look, no. Until you have somebody interesting to come with you, we just know. So we'll wait and see what happens. But he's in this country now, Rach. It's going to be harder to avoid him, unfortunately. But Paul, <laughs> and Paul is in the UK now. Um, so we can't even say, well, it's just not the right time for you. So... Um, but yes, Instagram and Twitter, Analog Wonderland. Keep an eye on them, guys. Uh, and finally, oh, you know, it's been a while, Rach. It's been mm. too long uh, since we have heard from our very good friend, Jeremy North. Um, uh, so it is a delight to have an email from Jeremy. There was a quick preamble bit at the beginning of the email for our eyes only, um, hence the uh, strange lead off. But Rach, will you read the email from the lovely Jeremy? Sure, let me let me find. There we go. Okay, scroll down to Jeremy North. Sunnies, getting back to the normal commentary. I think you were completely out of order. Oh gosh. Okay. Um, what have <laughs> yeah, we this, done? What this is the normal now? commentary. Yes. What have we done now? Um, I think you were completely out of order to laugh at Matt Jones a couple of weeks ago when you were laughing at him for believing the April Fool's joke. Were we? Did you? No, no, I don't that. no. We were laughing at Matthew Joseph. <laughs> Not, oh, were we? It, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Matt Jones was the one who Matthew was cross with him because he believed Matt Jones was uh, doing this thing. Um, but no, it was very much Matthew Joseph. And I will not stop laughing at Matthew Joseph. Jeremy, you cannot stop me. I will always find any excuse to laugh at Matthew. <laughs> He says, think about it from even before then, and especially after then, all of the podcasts involved have appeared on at least one of the others. It does seem like there is a network, if not a cartel. <laughs> I noted that you, Graham and Aid, mentioned since then that you'd appeared only one one other each as if, or on one other, I suppose he says, um, each as if to distance yourselves from this apparent loving. Well done, for, well done for that, though you do get them on your show. <laughs> <clears throat> I don't um, think we're a cartel, are we, Rach? Because it's it's very broad. I mean, we we are. There's there's like a Facebook podcast is, what, group. What would the cartel be? Uh, yeah, what would it be classed as? You know, well, a film for menaces, or yeah, exactly. I think a cartel kind of <laughs> indicates that it's kind of like an exclusive uh, little club. But no, I mean, we're like no, everybody's welcome, and uh, <laughs> and there are so so many podcasts now. Um, I actually listened to some more of them last week. I, I checked out. What did I listen to last week? I listened to Embracing the Grain with Sherry Christensen. Sherry? I listened mm-hmm. to uh, Matt Murray's podcast which is called Matt Loves Cameras cameras. (laughs) I was about to say Matt Murray loves stuff but yeah I listened to Sven Olaf Humbersett's um, Viewfinder Vikings and I listened to you on the large format photography podcast yeah oh yes that's true true. um, there are still more out there for me to check out but those ones because I'll be honest listeners there are too many analog photography podcasts for me to listen to all of them every week because there are other I hate to say it there are other non-photography podcasts I also like to listen to what and only even for <laughs> me only so many hours in the day um, and I, <laughs> I know that Jeremy would definitely allow, excuse that because um, he and I are both big Bugle listeners so that's alright um, anyway carry on Ray sorry no problem he goes on to say Graham you spoke about deionized water I have a great tip for anyone else looking for it without ordering it online a lot of window cleaners now use a water fed pole system to clean windows this entails using deionized water my suggestion is that you ask them for some water and save a lot of money there are a lot of suppliers too who may be able to help 
that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's a mm. great tip. I called in my local garage to ask them, like my like the mending garage, not petrol garage, because um, I thought well, maybe they have it, but they don't, because you know, these days batteries aren't really a thing that you put water in. But uh, I didn't think about window cleaners. Mm. That's a very good tip. Very cool. Jeremy, um, no, says, he's a window cleaner. <laughs> it says, uh, since our last meetup, I've gone a bit point and shoot tastic. <laughs> at the photography show, at the photography show, I perused the display cabinet at the Olympus stand and saw an amazing looking camera. Doing some research, I found that it was an Olympus O product. It's a limited edition with a rather special design with an all aluminium body and a dedicated flash. I found only one on eBay from the UK, so grabbed it. Great fun. It is auto everything. Then I found out about a later similarly uh, limited edition of the same internals, but in a lovely, very solid plastic body, the Ecru. I have heard of the Ecru, actually. Um, again, I went to the bay and snagged a beauty. I've really enjoyed using them so um, as it takes not a lot of thought other than framing. Um, so he says, to contrast that, I also dug out my contacts, 645 for a meetup with Fraser Yule. Yay, that's really nice. Uh, he says, this was the second time we met since the photography show. We had a great time shooting around the historical Gloucester docks. He came to the Worcester B and C, is that beers and cameras, I think, yeah. a couple of weeks ago, which was good fun too. We're anticipating another meetup with Hammy next week, so all's well in the Gloucestershire, Worcestershire region for film photography, linking with the borders of Scotland. Excellent, those neighbours. <laughs> um he goes on to say, please, Rachel, give an update on your broken window. Ah, um, you were in the process of being interviewed on another of the podcast. Who'd have guessed? <laughs> <laughs> the one that you just mentioned, actually, the large format photography podcast. Uh, when there was a noise, which was some kind of traffic incident involving your front room window. What happened and did you get it sorted out okay? Uh, so, yeah, just very quickly to say, yes, um, all sorted. It was boarded and then replaced um, and everybody is okay. So thank you very much for your uh, inquiry from the email. And obviously I, I have had um, quite a few other people also asking about that and checking things are okay. So uh, thank you very much. It was really appreciated. Um, but all's all's all right at the minute. Thanks. I, d uh, I did love the so, fact that on the podcast this um, both Andrew and Simon suggested that maybe I'd thrown a brick through your window as some kind of uh, escape route for you to get, right? uh, get off the podcast. It's like, <laughs> oh, uh, okay then. Um, I can confirm it was not Graham. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> there we go. It was not you. Um, he, he's finished. He, sorry, he's finished up saying thanks for the mention on last week's show. But as I'm your biggest fan, I'll be the last one to ask you to stop. I'll just give you feedback. Smiley face. Keep on keeping on. I'm sure I've forgotten lots of other stuff, but hey ho, that's what that's what sleep deprivation does to one's mind. Love, Jeremy. There we go. Thank you very much, Jeremy, for yeah. the email and for the catch up. It's been a while since we've heard from you, so uh, yeah. It's nice, it's nice to get an email back from you. And uh, also lovely to hear that you've been able to get out and about going to quite a few photography meetups and, and things and enjoying your point and shoot time. Yeah, and Jeremy's been in a bit in the wars lately, so I uh, hope you are. Yeah, oh, he's, he's, he's out a gammy leg, so I hope you're feeling oh. better soon, Jeremy, because uh, it's miserable. Yeah, and, um, so get what's going Also, I uh, googled quickly um, the Ecru. Uh, oh, first yes. result makers of the world's best fitting pants. So I'm not sure that's the one that Jeremy was looking at. <laughs> uh, um, but it made me happy. Is that the bird? No. What the, is the bird the, the maker of the world's best fitting pants? <laughs> no, it's uh, the best fitting pants named after the bird, possibly. Is that right? Know. Is it an ecru? Is an ecru a bird? I don't know. None of the results that have come up for the ecru uh, are about birds. Okay. Uh, <laughs> ecru is the colour of unbleached linen or silk, a light beige or fawn. There you go. Maybe so, that's what I'm thinking of. <laughs> is it? Because you said bird. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know now. I'm a bit confused. Sorry, guys. Okay. Well, anyway, the the camera is called an Ecru. Yes. So, what did you find out from that? Oh no, nothing. I mean, that literally was all I found it was about the world's biggest pants. Oh. <laughs> uh, but um, I'm intrigued by because Jeremy doesn't mention what the um, he doesn't name the first camera that he got the limited edition Olympus um, O series thing. Um, so um, I'm intrigued as to what that was. Uh, but hopefully, we'll find that one day. Um, but that's great. Point and shoots. There is something incredibly freeing about just not having to do anything other than frame your shot and go, is there? Mm. 
Absolutely. And and sometimes I think the having the too many options kind of thing can can really just sort of get and we end up getting a bit stuck in a rut. It's a bit like what Aid was saying the other the other week or, or one of the shows that I was listening to back to. Um but he was just saying how it would terrify him. I think it was um the conversation with Eric actually about travelling right, travelling light. Mm. Um and he was just saying how how he would end up getting complete like inaction anxiety you know because there would be if there were too many options he just can't bring himself to actually do any of them and that then he gets completely stuck and then he doesn't shoot anything and that's partly why he got into a rut now obviously i'm paraphrasing and and i think i'm along the right lines um with what aid was saying there but i definitely know that i felt like that in the past and sometimes just having something super simple point and shoot go out and actually feel like you're pressing the shutter you know, is is just a good way to get through it. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. I, I as I mentioned, a little, I alluded to earlier, I've been kind of going the other way this week, which is making my mm-hmm. life as difficult as possible. Um, yeah, I met up with the members of my camera club um, on Wednesday, just in a local town, uh, to go in. Well, town, uh, that's pushing it. The local large village, let's say, to go and have a walk around. Um, and so, of course, I took my 4 by 5 camera because that's what you take on photo walks because you want to make everybody's life a misery. And it rained. Um, so that was even better. Um, and then I, I only took, I think, two pictures, maybe three, three pictures. And I know I definitely, I was, I was counting because I'd taken a couple of pictures the day before. So I thought, okay, I know I've used two film holders. And then I took another three pictures and I went, hang on a second. I've not got enough film holders showing that I've shot. So at that point I realised, oh, I've shot the <laughs> same film holder twice. I don't know how right. I've done uh, that. So you double exposed. I've double exposed two pictures. Ah. So in essence, I've messed up four pictures. So that's really oh. good, which was annoying. That's the first time I've done that. Yeah. Um, but I didn't t- clearly need to make it a bit more obvious to myself. Mm-hmm. Um but, uh, but it was just fun wandering around with the, the intrepid, um, and you know, it's Definitely. it wasn't tiddling down with rain, um, so I, it would be fine. I dried it out thoroughly when I got home. Um, as it's like going out with a, a, a pinhole camera, though, it's an yeah. instant talking point. I was all sat waiting to go out, and we were all just yeah, everybody was interested in the camera anyway from the people. Mm-hmm. But but then you just get strangers going, "What's that?" from across Ooh. the street and coming over to start a conversation. So that's good fun. Um, yeah, but. Um, yeah, I do find bizarrely that kind of being at the other end of the scale is perhaps make, well, I mean, it's definitely making me take more pictures because bizarrely yeah. I've taken more pictures with that. I, I also went for a walk with the boys, um, yesterday and, you know, I think because you're carrying it, you're like, I'm going to find a picture and perhaps take things that I wouldn't do otherwise. And because you've got that fantastic screen on the back to see whether something looks good or not, um, it's good fun. But. Yeah, it's it's more about the uh, experience of doing that with the large format, isn't it? And and I guess that's partly why it's ironic that you've been um, shooting a lot more with the large format because in general it slows you down again you know the the bigger the format in a way almost um mm. the more the slower you are at doing it um at, at, you know being able to actually get the shot that you want and and take the shot and and you know load up ready for the next one yeah um so that's why it's it's kind of funny knowing you and knowing how long it takes you to shoot a roll of 35 that you just yeah sorry 35 mil you know that you just pop that in and shoot away but it can take you a year to to, to shoot that so it's, it's quite funny but you know it's it's new as well uh, to you the intrepid journey you've had what a couple of weeks now two or three yeah. weeks so you know I, I think that's lovely that you're it's been something that you can get really enthusiastic about and go out and experiment with and, and what have you so yeah it's great and I think between the three of us we, we go in peaks and troughs don't we of product productivity and um you know one of us might be in a bit of a slump or a bit of a rut but the other one's got something else that they're busy busy going ahead with so uh, it's really good to uh, to see you holding down the fort with productivity at the moment Graham. yeah <laughs> let's see how long it lasts um but no it's good the only thing that i'm finding at the moment i need to work on is i mean i haven't developed i've got i don't know a dozen pictures to develop now from the last mm-hmm. week or so um so I need to get onto that, but uh, metering is definitely something I don't feel like I've got a good handle on yet because mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. own a spot meter, and I feel like maybe I need to look into getting a spot meter. Mm-hmm. Either that, or I need to take my digital camera with me to meter because at the moment 
I'm just mostly using an app on my phone. Sure. Uh, and I, think I mean, if um, if you're metering, uh, say, if you're metering using your digital camera, that's going to be quite different from metering using fil- shooting with film, because um, with film you want to meet it for the shadows, and with uh, with digital you want to meet it for the highlights. Yeah. Because otherwise you'll over. Um, yeah, you obviously got a lot of latitude in terms of uh, film. Um, you can't. I mean, you can obviously overexpose film, but you, you're still going to get an image quite a few stops over. Mm. As opposed to with your digital, your highlights are going to be totally blown out. So, yeah, um, I'd say a meter is a good, a good investment, a good way to go. Um, yeah, spot meters aren't cheap though, are they? They're not. They're not. I, I, I recently have invested in one myself. Um, that was uh, because I been um doing some training that i bought from sandra cohen actually and uh just it's it's been clear that actually it's something that i do need to invest in um so uh so i have so that's that's great and you can always obviously borrow mine try that out you know you could give it a go and see maybe maybe somebody at the film club has got one you could borrow yeah maybe what kind of light meter did you get rach i got a seconic and that's a spot Uh, meter is it or is it a flash meter uh, it's a, uh, a flash meter. Well, yeah, flash meter. Yeah. Gotcha. I mean, I, I know that my, I don't know about my Fuji actually. I'm not sure if my Fuji has spot metering, but I know that my old Canon can spot meter, but my old Canon is quite a heavy lump in its own right. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that I've been most enjoying about going out with the Intrepid is that I can go for a walk and it, you quite know, light. and it's quite light. <laughs> I mean, it yeah, lives up to what yeah. you want. Um, but I'll look into yeah. that. I'll sort of see how the results from this have come out. Um, but I think metering, mm. to, as I'm looking at what I've done so far, even before I've seen the results, I think the things that I'm thinking I need to work on are metering mm-hmm. and perhaps looking into getting some filters um, so that when I am out on a sunny day, I can stick a yellow filter on to you know, mm-hmm. do some stuff. But we'll see. It's all good fun. Um, all... Or sunny 16, it. <laughs> uh, to be honest, uh, there was also quite a lot of that. And I feel like <laughs> the one thing people do is say, oh, no, metering is really important with large format. And I'm like, nah, sunny 16 works for everything else. It's still just yeah. film, right? I mean, I'm sure it'll be fine. So whatever could be more think, fitting than yeah. just guessing. <laughs> well, exactly. You know, and, and using the sunny 16 rule as a starting point, I don't think you can go too far wrong with. And take a notebook, I guess. Just, you know, make sure you, you write on the back of each one a number and then in a notebook what you've shot it at. And then that will give you a good starting point for good going out idea. next time. Yeah, no, I, I need to do that. I didn't do that this time, but I think I'll be more organised. I need to mm. go through more clearly mark all of my film holders so I can yeah, see which ones yeah. I've used which one and yeah take a notebook and what have you that'll make life easier um yeah. well that's it for emails this week mm. um I just wanted to say a quick thank you I got my I, I supported on Kickstarter um Mike Caputo at the Hawaii Darkroom which was a great success on Kickstarter and is up oh, and running now fabulous and so I got a lovely print uh, that was my back as a reward it's beautiful I, um, Sinead saw it it's like oh god what a lovely print is that from that lovely Mike Caputo who she follows on Instagram now <laughs> I regret making her aware of that but um, uh, she does she's a big fan um, of not just of the photography I mean, unfortunately you know. uh, yeah it's no good it's no good um so that was lovely thank you very much mike that was wonderful beautiful print um i don't think i've got anything else to the post this week but i might be forgetting something but i don't think so apart from my I birthday do. present which i'm looking forward to opening um yes. i i got something through the post oh what did you get rage um when i got back from poland i found that there was a parcel that had been delivered and inside were my joy look cameras mm. yay so they've actually arrived uh so i have been um shooting with one of them and uh obviously you know again we were talking about things that go wrong and t- testing things out but a few shots have come out that i've quite enjoyed actually so yeah. uh yeah um just again just getting to know a new camera getting to know a new sort of way of shooting and what to look for and and it's just again it's just practice isn't it okay. so um well, yeah can you i mean what to be more specific what's your experience been because you remember when i got mine and it, it mm-hmm. was kind of a catalog of like well this is a bit how has the general experience because these 
these are the new jolly looks that have, have been made and put together by the guys themselves in wherever they are making it, Eastern Europe somewhere. I think it was I, Ukraine, yeah. Ukraine, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So not the ones that were being made in China um, where they had all the problems. So how's your experience mm-hmm. been with yours? It's been it's been great. Um, uh, so far, uh, all good. Obviously, not all of my shots have come out, but um, it, what? Ooh, sorry, one thing I found a little difficult is um, just making sure that I've got the right focal distance. Yeah. Um, because you've got um, 0.65 meter, then you've got one meter, then you've got 2.5 meter, and then it's infinity. So trying to guess at the difference between uh, do it by eye if you like of oh that's about 65 centimeters <laughs> um uh, as opposed to a meter can be a little tricky so i'm just working on uh, on on gauging that really i suppose um because i haven't quite been hitting the the focus when i have been hitting the focus it's been like oh this looks lovely Great. so yeah really really um enjoy enjoyed the sort of like the clarity and the particular aesthetic that it's given um i got it with packs of the black and white instax mini because it takes the instax mini yeah and um it's been really nice actually i think shooting it on the black and white i've enjoyed more um uh, because it just sort of seems to lend itself nicely to it uh, for, for me uh, anyway and I had some difficulty um, with actually extending the bellows originally because uh, I don't know about yours obviously Graham because I didn't see yours but um, mine has two very taut um, kind of like black fishing wire mm-hmm. does yours have that on the uh, so. on the sort of plate plate that the bellows kind of extends yeah. out onto yeah and I couldn't seem to work out how to do that without snapping that you know it was a bit like oh god is this gonna snap in two but it didn't in the end it's fine i kind of just had to be a little bit more forceful with it than i was thinking i should be um but since since i've sort of like done that it's been fine um no problem at all um in terms of oh the only problem that i did have was the uh the back uh when i put the when i put the film cartridge in uh, and then closed up the back it just kept on popping open so um that's obviously the um i don't know what you call it the little catch doesn't quite catch yeah. basically when there's a when there's a cartridge in and do you know how i fixed it uh tape yeah <laughs> yeah black electrical tape sorted so it. it's totally fine um it's just i mean it's at the end of the day it's made of cardboard and yeah. you know uh, paper and um and obviously there are a couple of little bits of um, metal and what have you but generally i i wasn't expecting it to be um you know a a fully manufactured camera you know in a way uh, i knew that it was going to be have a handmade kind of feel to it i knew that there were probably going to be a few little issues like that so i just made sure i had a, a roll of black electrical tape and i've not had to do anything else literally just just sort of tape that in so i'll just need to slightly unpeel it put the next ca- next cartridge in when i shoot next but in terms of um doing the hand winding to eject that's all been great um no problems it's evenly uh, exposed it's evenly ejected um the the only other slight difficulty i've had is that it's um, I sort of have to hold the uh, front standard, if you like, yeah. uh, upright, um, because it it has a tendency to pull itself yeah. back yeah. back into the body of the camera, which you've probably found as well. I yeah, imagine. I mean, there's, there's, yeah. it's one of those things. There's kind of no way around it. The tensions that no. it's under, it is just made of cardboard, and yep. so you kind of have to support itself. But yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm really pleased to hear that it has turned up and that it is good. Um, congratulations to the Jolly Look guys. I, yeah, they made it happen. They did. I know it was a difficult path, and I know that it's been a lot longer getting to a lot of people than they had wanted, or certainly the backers had wanted, but mm-hmm. people are getting the thing that they backed. Yeah. It might be late, yeah. but they are getting exactly the thing that they backed. And yeah. There seemed like many times when it would have been easy for this project just to have gone, ah, no, this is turned into a disaster. It's costing us a fortune, but they have yeah. seen it through to the end, and I have nothing but respect and admiration for that. So well mm-hmm. done to those guys, and um, 
every yeah. success with moving forward. I hope that I hope we see Jolly Looks in shops going forward. And yeah. if I did see one, I'd definitely give it, you know, I'd pick up another one. Yeah. Um, they look great. They look great. Um, and, you know, they, they feel fun. They feel, you know, like you want to pick them up. You want to try them. The packaging I thought was great. You know, you could tell that, that, that some care had been, that care had been put into actually putting that all together in the little uh, box that I got. Um, that all looked lovely. I opened it up and it was all nicely packed inside. And um, they've added um, a uh, like a magnetic plate for yeah, the really tripod mount. Yeah, which is great. I really love that. And um, and that again was in its own little branded packet. And you know, it was just it was nicely put together. I felt like you know, it, and it was um, decent weight. You know, it wasn't. It didn't feel like just a piece of card. You know, mm. <laughs> so uh, so yeah, that's all good. Excellent stuff. Excellent stuff. Nice to hear a Kickstarter reaching conclusion. Yes. Um, and hopefully, I hope everybody will be happy with it. Yeah, and I hope everybody gets there soon enough. So yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, it sounds like they're all going out now, so that's great news. Okay, so that's it for all that stuff. But of course, there's always one more thing, and oh, that is God. don't Sorry. say it like oh, that. Oh yeah. Oh yay! That is the <laughs> coffee donors. Now, as with last week, we have got many people to say thank you for. So we are again abridging slightly. So there will be some people from this week who will come next week um, because you know you could have too much of a good thing, and our busy, busy <laughs> researchers have been hard at work. Um, okay, might... let's just do this. Come on. Okay. Right. <clears throat> right. Uh, let me just bring up the research notes. Okay, <clears throat> right, right. Research is really great. Take it away. Okay, uh, James Thorpe. James Thorpe is working on developing a film specifically for rangefinders with an ISO so high it will take the shot even when you leave the lens cap on. Uh, Duncan Gammon Duncan Gammon has a mental block about the word Tuesday and can only refer to it as the less good Thursday Thursday being the day that he gets his biscuits delivered Jaya Bat once put wheels on a canoe and paddled his way up the local main street singing Bob Dylan songs to protest against excessive bridge construction (laughs) Uh, Hilary Clark Hilary Clark bought a second-hand time machine, but was disappointed to discover that it would only travel between now and that moment two weeks ago, just after she'd picked up a second-hand time machine from some guy in a car park. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, Slavic Katvaz. Uh, Slavic once travelled deep into the wilds of the Amazon rainforest and discovered a tribe of chickens who had never before seen a man from the outside world. These chickens now reveals, revere Slavic as a god and call him which translates <laughs> as the great bearded cock. Uh, Fraser Yule. Fraser Yule likes to bathe daily in yoghurt to keep his um, keep himself looking middle-aged. He gets through so many muller fruit corners doing this, however, that all local supplies are now running dry. Oh, gosh. OK. Um, Harry, Harry Thackeray. Uh, Harry Thackeray is so convinced that the sport of sliding down the stairs on your ass is going to break big, he's already in training for the 2024 Olympics and is looking for sponsors. Uh, Bill Fu. Uh, Bill believes that uh, along with Leave and Remain, there should be a third choice in the Brexit debate, whereby we're separate Monday to Friday, but get to spend the weekend with Europe. It's kind of the divorced dad uh, choice. <laughs> God. Uh, finally, Chris Mina. Uh, his great grandfather came up with the slogan Cheese, cheese, eating its breeze back in the 50s, which is why cheese is so popular now. I think that's a fabulous uh, fact. <laughs> I've been very all... happy with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and generally, apologies to all. Um... <laughs> I don't know what you mean. <laughs> These are all true facts about people. <laughs> uh, but in all seriousness, thank you so much to everybody who who does donate through our coffee or Kofi page. Um, you can see the details on our website. Thank you. It really does help. Yeah, it's very much appreciated. It really is. I know. I mean, actually, I know I've got to get to the post office. I've got things still to post out at the moment. But, um, <laughs> you know, we are kind of holding it together at the moment to put together for stuff that we need when we need it. Um, but, yeah, it's great. It's, as you said, Rach, it helps us hugely. It means that we're not having to pay for things which we previously were having to pay for. And speaking uh, as you and I, as the poor people of the podcast. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's really it's really wonderful and we're just we're just incredibly grateful because um it's a really meaningful way to show your appreciation and it's very touching to, to yeah. me certainly every time i see it, i'm like i can't believe anybody does this but i'm really glad you do so thank you yeah. guys and um, i hope you so enjoy much. learning these facts about yourself oh these ridiculous facts thank yeah. you um to our research elves who yeah. clearly do a wonderful job or and or have too much time on their hands yeah exactly <laughs> whichever one of the things it is that will do it for this backing paper um it we will. have Was got it a short show it was a short, short show <laughs> running at just over an hour. Short, short show at just over an hour. Um, but it's great. Lots of awesome emails this week. Keep them coming in. Uh, don't ask me who the guest is going to be this week because it's a secret. Or I may not have organised it yet. Like One secrets. of these two things may be true. But it's all right. It's Sunday and I'm sure we'll have it done by, you know, tomorrow or Tuesday. It'll be great. It'll be wonderful. Uh, nothing if not organised. Um <laughs> Thank you, as always, for listening, listeners. Um, that's us done, isn't it, Rach? I think so. Have yeah. a lovely week. Have a lovely week, everybody. Bye. Bye-bye.